Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. They've raised the bar on Rochester Sports Talk. You're in the sports bar with Danger and Battaglia on the Sports Leader. 95.7 FM and AM 950 The Fan. Rochester. All right, let's talk some Buffalo Bills with NewYorkUpstate.com's Ryan Talbot, also co-host of the Shout Podcast. Always appreciate you joining us, uh, Ryan. And we look ahead to, uh, what, 24 and a half hours from now or so, and the Bills will be down as every NFL team will be down to their final 53. Was there anybody that, that you thought helped their case to make this team based on their performance on Saturday? You know, there were some guys that I thought really made a great case for themselves. Jamarcus Ingram's the first guy that comes to mind. I thought he had an outstanding game at cornerback, but it still comes down to the numbers, and I and it's hard to kind of figure out a way to get him onto this final 53 uh, based on who they already have there, the depth, the talent this team has. So that's going to be something kind of interesting to watch over these next you know, like you said, 24 hours or so in terms of what the Bills can do at the cornerback position. Yeah, I, I, I'm looking second half, and there's Kyer Elam out there in the second half, Ryan, and I, I think it's kind of clear that Benford would be ahead of Kyer Elam, and that they, they like Dane Jackson ahead of Kyer Elam, and I, I don't think they're going to cut Kyer Elam, but if there were a t- team calling, I, I, your thoughts on Kyer Elam, and are, are we being too critical on somebody that was drafted in the first round and hasn't come look Does he need a little bit more time, or is this somebody that uh, the Bills actually might have whiffed on here? No, You know, the, the longer this goes on, that he cannot win a, a starting job with this team, I think it it's okay for fans to criticize this pick. This is year two. This was someone that they traded up for. And yes, he was not a fit when they traded up for him in terms of being a pressed man type of corner. But if you're trading up for a corner in the first round of the draft, you should be sitting there saying, hey, this is someone we can develop, someone that we can really get to play well in zone coverage. And now you're in, you know, you said a year two, and he's playing in the second half of preseason games. And he's behind not just, you know, Christian Benford, but Dane Jackson in that race for number two cornerback. So you have to start to kind of figure out what is his best fit? It, can you trade him? I mean, you could, but you'd have to be getting a player. I don't think you're going to get anywhere close to uh, a similar type of draft pick, obviously. So it would have to be a player that addresses a need that would be a fit for this team. And 
when you look at their their biggest needs, it's middle linebacker, it's offensive tackle depth. I'm not sure you're going to get someone that would be a, a fair or even trade for Kyrie Elam based on where he was drafted one year ago. Ryan, what's your take on middle linebacker? I mean, we, we get the sense that it's going to be Tyrell Dodson unless we see some sort of a trade here before tomorrow afternoon. Are you comfortable with him starting week one as your middle linebacker? I think middle linebacker is a mess, to be honest with you. And, you know, right now, yeah, by default, he kind of won this job. Uh, Bernard missing the entire preseason because of that hamstring injury. A.J. Klein, uh, I thought, had a pretty poor game in the in the preseason finale. But there was a few plays that Dodson made. He left a lot on the field, in my opinion, though, too. But this is kind of where the team's at. Bale Specter was once in the competition. He's week to week now with the hamstring the options are slim, so the Bills are either going to have to trade for someone that they feel like can get they can get up to speed very quickly in this system, uh, or they're going to have to ride it out and hope that the talent around Dotson kind of helps him rise to the occasion. Yeah, we're talking to Ryan Talbot, NewYorkUpstate.com, also the Shout Podcast. So as far as middle linebackers sticking with it, I'm going to make a statement. Tell me you know, to what degree you agree, you agree with this, Ryan. Uh, it, it wouldn't surprise me if A.J. Klein was cut. It wouldn't surprise me if Balen Specter was cut. It wouldn't surprise me if Tyler Matikavich was cut. Like, to me, if none of these guys, it would surprise me if they were on the street coming up tomorrow. No, I, I think that's more than fair. I mean, Matikavich missed a, a lot of time in, in terms of training camp coming back, and he's just been a core special teams guy. He's not someone that you've really had to count on to play uh, actual defensive reps, Balen Specter, for as much as I like the athletic traits, he was uh, taken out of the starting competition rather quickly, and now he's week to week. You could always get him onto the initial 53, put him on the IR, and see where you're at at linebacker in four weeks in, in terms of uh, deciding whether you want Specter on your 53-man roster. I feel like the Bills are at this point where I would rather see them you know, get Dorian Williams up to speed on middle linebacker. And I feel bad for the kid because they, they flip-flop him around from inside to outside, back to outside, uh, and didn't really give him an opportunity in this race. And it's been a pretty underwhelming competition. So I would like to see them at least try to get him up to speed so you can get him on the field sooner rather than later. What about defensive end, the pass rushers? You got a little bit of a dilemma there with Von Miller and how you want to see him start the season. Is there any surprises to be taken from who they might keep here in the final 53 defensive end? Yeah, I, I, I still look at this roster and I try to figure out what they're going to do with their former day two picks. I, I thought Boogie Basham and AJ Epinesa both made a few plays in the final preseason game. Uh, I thought FNS's one sack was because Boogie Basham collapsed the pocket on one side and he had Puna Ford kind of collapsing it from the middle, but he also almost had another sack in the game. Basham's played well. So I could see one of them, though, not being on this roster. I look at Shaq Lawson and I wonder, is there a spot for him? Uh, could they maybe say, well, you know, we like what Lawson did, but here's Kingsley Jonathan who came on strong at the end of the preseason someone that they exposed to waivers last year and he was picked up by the bears. I think he's going to get claimed by another team if they put him out there again. Um, at some point the bills kind of have to turn the page maybe on some of these veterans and maybe go with a youth option that they feel like is developing in a guy like Jonathan. And then obviously you still have the whole decision with Von Miller. And it, it really does feel like in this case, it's going down to the wire. I know Brandon Bean said that last year with Trey white as well. And we know that it took white some time to really come back and play. Um, but I, I'm looking at this roster and I'm saying, maybe you start Von on Pup, 
you give them those four weeks and you kind of, you roll with Russo and Leonard Floyd as your starters and then kind of hope that some of these younger guys rise to the occasion. Ryan Talbot, NewYorkUpstate.com is our guest here in the sports bar. Um, the disclaimer here, I'll just go back to what I was saying last week about uh, the Bills and would they be interested in, in Jonathan Taylor? And I, my, my take on it is Brandon Bean is somebody who is going to call about everyone and everything. That's what good GMs do. So that's the disclaimer. Now you have Trey Lancet's on the market. We knew he was on the market, and apparently the Buffalo Bills were making a call on that. So are we to say that's nothing more than just that's what Brandon Bean does? He's going to call about everyone and everything. Or is it more of an indicator that right now, Ryan, that the Bills are not happy with the backup quarterback position? I think it's somewhere right in the middle, because if you look at Trey Lance's skill set and his, his talent, it does mirror a little bit of what Josh Allen can do uh, the big arm and obviously the athleticism. It just didn't work out in San Francisco because of the reps and the injuries that Lance suffered, I think. But it also speaks to the fact that the Bills have been underwhelmed in terms of what they've gotten out of Kyle Allen and Matt Barkley. And uh, I don't, you know, I don't mind that he's always in on these players and he's always checking to see what the price tag is. And I'm sure, you know, due diligence purposes, he at least called about Taylor and I don't think that they're this mystery team that's in on the running back, but I think Brandon Bean kind of always has a hand in everything when he finds out a, a player is potentially available. But for quarterbacks specifically, I think that uh, I wouldn't be surprised, I guess, if maybe they started with Josh Allen is the only quarterback on the 53. Uh, Dallas did that last year with Dak. They could also go with maybe a, a Case Keenum if he's let go in Houston or some of these other vets that are suddenly available like a Colt McCoy. I'm torn. I'm torn on backup quarterback. We've spent a lot of time talking about it all through the course of the preseason, and it really is a first-world problem, right? Like, you want to know that if the worst thing happened to Josh Allen, you'd get a guy in there that's competent, can move the move the ball, you know, run the offense. But at the same time, if Josh Allen does what he's being asked to do, really all the backup quarterback needs to do is make sure he's prepared to play week in and week out, given whoever they have on, on their schedule. So I guess, you know, when we talk about Kyle Allen being, you know, tight with Josh Allen. We talk about a guy like Case Keenum who picked up this offense last year, who very well may be available to the Buffalo Bills here uh, as soon as tomorrow afternoon. You know, is it is it that important? Is it really that important to get somebody that that can move the ball that you have a little bit more ability, and or is it just more important, Ryan, in your opinion, to have somebody there that's comfortable with Josh Allen that can get Josh Allen prepared week in and week out? I think it's more important to have someone that you have faith in in the event that Allen is out for two, maybe like two to three weeks. Now, if Allen suffers some kind of injury at any point in his career that keeps him out long-term, this team is in big trouble regardless of who the backup is nine times out of 10, unless they draft someone, they develop them and bring them along. Uh, You you know, Case Keenum, Kyle Allen, Matt Barkley, none of these guys are going to be the savior for the bills. if, If Josh Allen were to miss significant time, but you want someone that you can trust in that, you know, one, two, three game window where if they're without Josh Allen, can this guy handle the offense, have a command of the offense? If this defense is playing at a high level, can they keep you in this game and, you know, win ugly as opposed to what they can do with Josh Allen in his arm? Ryan Talbot, our guest here. Um, did we see enough out of David Kessenberry to think, okay, he's your swing tackle, or it, it, could could they trust Ryan Vandemark, or is there another option? Uh, the backup tackle position, how does that get decided here in the next 24 hours, Ryan? 
Yeah, it's interesting. You know, Ryan Vandemark, I think this team is really high on him. I think they really like him as a, a backup left tackle. Uh, but there's a lot to be, you know, desired when he's been in on the, on the right side of this offensive line. Questenberry, though, uh, played right tackle in the final preseason game, played a little bit on both sides. And he's had, a, I don't feel like he's had a very strong summer either. So, uh, again, I feel like there's an issue here. I feel like they need to bring in at least one tackle. I wouldn't be opposed to them keeping Vandemark based on the youth. Uh, Questenberry can kick inside, but I feel like the the inside of the line is already a strength that you don't need to keep Questenberry along. It's it's a problem at offensive tackle depth because it, as much as fans say, well, you know, you have a quality starter in Deion Dawkins. Yes, there's a lot of questions about Spencer Brown, but if one of those guys goes down, you're in, you're in a lot of trouble based on who's currently on this roster. Uh, I think, like I said, Vandemark can play on one side. I'm not, I don't have much faith in him, faith in him yet on the right side. Questenberry is very hit and miss too. So, you know, you look around and you look at a team like the Patriots who have already traded for two offensive linemen in, in the past 24 hours. I'm not opposed to Buffalo seeing who's out there, seeing who's a fit and uh, swinging a trade rather than waiting for these cuts to take place where, yeah, you can bring in some of these vested veterans without going through the waiver process and, and maybe you can put in a claim on a guy and get them. But getting these guys up to speed is a whole nother matter. Ryan, given that we haven't really seen any sort of ramp up for Vaughn Miller, is it safe to assume he starts the season on the PUP? Yeah, that's where I'm at with it right now. I know there's been some encouraging signs wearing some different parts of the uniform, the pads and wearing the helmet one day at practice. Uh, but I think if anything, the bills want to make sure that he is truly 100% when, when it's time to get him onto the field. And while I think he's very close, I, I, I would rather have him, on that pup list to start the year, give him four weeks to kind of make sure that he is a hundred percent ready to go open up that, you know, get him ready to, to play either in week five, or if you want to kind of ramp him up a week at practice after he comes off the pup, whatever it is, just kind of get him for ready for more meaningful games down the stretch. And then obviously hoping that he's at a hundred percent when it comes playoff time. And something you mentioned on the broadcast that uh, Sean McDermott, was not calling the plays on. So, so what do what do we know about that? Uh, you know, Ryan, what, is this something? It's yeah, this John play, Butler. Yeah, yeah. So, is this something that actually may happen week one against the uh, against the Jets? Yeah. So it's interesting. John Butler has some experience calling defense from his career in college and in the pros, and he called the game. And for for what it's worth, I thought one, he did a good job calling the game defensively. Two. I thought the Bills played a pretty clean game in terms of penalties, uh, in terms of making sure they had all the you know enough guys on the field. Where in that second preseason game, they opened up with only ten guys on offense, had a lot of issues, and it, it's too small of a sample size to know if Sean McDermott keeping an eye on both sides of the ball played a role in the Bills be playing a much cleaner game in that preseason finale or not. Uh, but it's something where down the road, if the Bills do have trouble with penalties, if they're on both sides of the ball, if they're just not looking like themselves, maybe it'll be good for the for Sean McDermott to know there's someone he can kind of hand the play sheet off to at some point this season. Now, post game, he kind of said, we'll see in terms of calling the plays in week one, but then he pulled the side a reporter and said, I'll be calling the plays on the defensive side of the ball in week one against the Jets. Uh, but we'll see how long this lasts. Uh, like I said, I think Sean McDermott is a very capable head coach. I think he's able to kind of wear multiple hats and pull this off. But I think John Butler passed a big test in this preseason finale in terms of the way he called the plays, the faith that he has uh, or that Sean McDermott has in him. So 
something that maybe they could kind of pass the baton in season. Hey, Ryan, uh, we've spent a lot of time talking about the roster, talking about the, the cutdowns, talking about the game on Saturday. Uh, big news today, a PSE dissolving Terry Pagula becoming president of the Sabres. You're closer to the blast zone than we are. What's your take on this news that, that broke earlier today? Yeah, you know, I'm kind of in a wait-and-see mode on it. It's definitely interesting uh, because there was all that one Buffalo talk for so many years, and uh, maybe <laughs> they do feel like they're at this point now where they can kind of be their own separate entities. The Sabres are, are definitely up on the upswing. Uh, we know how, how many, you know, how good the Bills are and that they have solid leadership there. I think that the Sabres have righted the ship in that area, too. But it definitely raises some eyebrows to be doing this for uh, Pagula to name himself kind of team president of the Sabres. And uh, just kind of, a, I'm like I said, I'm in wait and see mode, but it was definitely an interesting development here on a Monday morning. Yeah, they, they, they did this for a reason. They did it like, like, what is the agenda here for this? I mean, it could be just as simple as, hey, actually, tax-wise, we save money doing it this way. Or it could be as simple as, hey, it's going to cut expenses. Or it could be, hey, you know what? We asked for all this money under Pagula for the <laughs> for the money for the football stadium. Yeah, let's kind of put it under a different name or ask here for the hockey arena here coming up. Yeah, I mean, it could be a lot of different things. I saw uh, speculation. That's all it is, a speculation. Maybe a minority ownership, like with one of these, like the Sabres or something like that. There, it's way too early to know exactly what's going to happen here, but you know, by, by dissolving PSC and making these teams their own separate entities, I'm sure there's a lot of uh, freedom that comes with that. There's, like you said, there could be something to do with uh, the money, with the new stadium. It could have, there's a lot of things to kind of keep an eye on here over the next week, few weeks and months. Busy couple of days uh, around the Buffalo Bills. What are you and uh, and Matt going to be talking about, Ryan, on the uh, Shop Podcast here? What can we check out? Yeah, so right now, obviously, we're keeping an eye on the 53-man roster tracker. We'll have a practice squad tracker up tomorrow as well once the final roster is set and in place. And then, you know, we're going to start uh, turning the page of the regular season and previewing this Bills matchup with the Jets in Week 1. Ryan, appreciate you. Enjoy Labor Day. And uh, next time we talk, it'll be uh, it'll be the regular season, buddy. <laughs> Great job by uh, you and Matt and everything you guys do. Hey, thanks, guys. You got it. Ryan Talbot, NewYorkUpstate.com is where you can read his work. You can hear him on the Shop Podcast with Matt Perino, who joins us tomorrow at this time as well. We'll talk more Buffalo Bills with Perino tomorrow in the sports bar. It uh, That's an interesting take. Like, if you wanted to bring on a minority partner for the Buffalo Sabres, and it's owned by PSE, you were running through that way. You you pretty much would have to do it this way to silo everything. Sure. Yeah. Get somebody to become a minority owner in the Sabres to maybe eat some of those losses that they've felt and hope yeah. that, that it, you know, like, hey, it's it, right now is a time where you have to be feeling optimistic. And it's not like the value of the Sabres or the Bills is going to go down or backwards anytime soon. No. They're both on the up. No, it's, uh, well, it's one of those stories we'll talk about today. And you know, football coming up, it'll fade away a little bit. But sure. we'll, we'll learn the, the reasoning behind this at some point. So we were just spending a lot of time with Ryan talking about the final 53-man roster, any cuts that might happen. Actually, a couple of names that we were just discussing. I want to I want to bring up, uh, I don't know that I would call them surprise cuts, but it'll be telling because it's an organization that's always talked about development. And if it truly is an organization that's all about development, then there's an easy two cuts that you would make. And these guys end up on your practice squad. 
Uh, I'll explain mm-hmm. exactly what I'm thinking in, in terms of what the Buffalo Bills can do in that arena. Coming up next with I'll Drink to That. Yeah, and, and do I violate one of my own rules? Meaning, Are you hedging? No, I'm not hedging, oh. but I'm never like one of my roles. Like, hey, this team's not really that good, but you're willing to put money on a team that's not really that good. Comparatively speaking, yeah, they might be good week one. Uh, our week one spotlight game, uh, the new era beginning down in Washington. Uh, also, because eh, I'm in a feisty mood today, uh, the Super Bowl halftime show. And just my idea. Well, no, like, honestly, like, if you just... The, why doesn't Fox get involved here? That's my take. Okay. I I've, I I know where you're going to go with this because it's hard not to go this direction when you're talking about who should perform at halftime. Well, and I, I have a theory. I have a theory that I'll float by you as well based on who you're going to suggest. Uh, get ready for the NFL season with incredible offers from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Mike Danger for FanDuel Sportsbook, the official partner of 95.7 The Fan. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Plus, all customers who bet $5 will get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. Now is the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use, and you can be on everything from spreads to player po- player props and more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Mike and kick off the NFL season with an offer you won't want to miss. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. 21 plus and physically present in New York. First online real money wager. Only $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at FanDuel.com slash sportsbook. For help with a gambling problem, call one 878 hope ny or text HOPE-NY-467-369. NFL Sunday ticket offer ends 9-18-23. No refunds. Terms and embargoes apply. $100 off NFL Sunday ticket, not YouTube TV. YouTube TV base plan required to watch YouTube TV. Redemption requires a Google account and current form of payment. Commercial use excluded. And a subscription renews, cancel anytime. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 